Alright, on to the lightning round. Viper, what is the longest running science program on PBS? That's right. In the 1968 film Planet of the Apes, what is the name of the lead female human played by Linda Harrison? That's also right. Now, for the $64,000 question. When Daria's Force was released in the United States, what was its new name? I'm sorry, that's incorrect. Tonight, on the Commune Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Commune Podcast. This time we are starting discussion on Azure Striker Gunvolt. Uh, but before getting into the game at hand, I wanted to ask Adrian, how have you been doing? I've been doing fine. All right, Mario Fan sixty three. I've I've been doing fine as well. Good to hear yourself. I am one with the light. Uh, Shouty. I'm doing well, thank you. <laughs> Glad to hear. Uh, so Mario Fan sixty three, what games have you been playing? Oh, I've still been uh, working my way through Final Fantasy VII. Okay, how far have you gotten? Uh, how many discs in are you? I I still haven't beaten disc one, but I, according to local walkthroughs, I may be close. Okay. I'm I'm expecting no uh no major event will cause a change in the cast at all. So you know, I think everybody's going to get through this thing alive. Yeah, this isn't Fantasy Star Four or something. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like clear sailing from here on out. Absolutely. Do you think the experience curve in Final Fantasy VII is uh, properly adjusted? I, I'd say so. I mean, you're talking about, like, fighting weaker enemies as you level up or something? Yeah. Uh, are you generally ready for bosses? I, I feel like I am, yeah. Okay. I mean, I think Final Fantasy VIII is the one with the hard experience curve, or at least according to local legends, but... <laughs> the, the myths around town say that Final Fantasy VIII has a harder experience thing going on. What town? Huh? What what town is this? Um, Midgar. Oh. <laughs> they have knowledge of the future. Um, is that what Lightstream does to you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, yourself? What have you been playing lately? I played some Crimson Skies. I actually beat the entire game. That's a flying arcade style flying game for Xbox. What would you would you say is the interesting part of gameplay? So mostly with flying games, you get variation in your plane and enemy planes, and um, that's the extent of it. Otherwise, they tend to be objective based gameplay. But Crimson Skies is interesting in that it has highly variable em- environments. Like, you interact with the architecture of the level, like flying through a city or an obstacle course tunnel or stuff like that. So, in some sense, it feels more like a racing game, or I mean a driving game, or a platformer because of that. Okay. It's good. It's really good. Everyone should play it. That's one of the Xbox originals, right? Yeah, it is. 
you can get it on uh, 360. Okay. Are there any, like, bosses or anything? There are a couple bosses that take the form of... Well, the game is heavily inspired by Star Wars. So the boss battles tend to be your Death Star situation, where you have to shoot down a bunch of defenses, and then the boss's mouth will open up, then you got to fly through a tunnel with a bunch of stuff in it to get to the weak point, and then take some shots at the weak point. Okay. Her, uh, Katina and Valse missions in Star Fox 64 were kind of like that, and I, I did enjoy those. Yeah, it's that, I guess Katina is a decent comparison, although... You don't have that corridor. Right, yeah, it's more interesting than, or at least more fun than Katina, which I've never really liked. Okay. Uh, Shouty, what have you been playing lately? I've been trying out the Super Smash Bros. for Nintendo 3DS demo. Oh, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember if I'm a platinum member or not. I guess I should check. Well, if, if you got an email, uh, or, or if you have your email settings set to uh, accepting emails from Club Nintendo, you might have it. Oh, okay. Have the demo code. But, um, yeah, um, I've been trying out against uh, more higher level computer players to see how well I can adjust to the 3DS's control scheme and screen size. And I think I've been doing pretty well. So one thing I wasn't sure about is how do you demoize Smash Brothers? Like, what makes it different from the full game? Well, first of all, there's only a versus mode, and even among that, you can only choose from five characters, and you can only play on one stage. Okay. So do you think the five characters give you a good sense of how this new Smash will play? Um, I think so. The five characters, three of them are, like, veterans since the very first game, and two of them are newcomers that were built from the very beginning. Okay. I think it's just to build hype around it. Are you, uh, are you sufficiently hyped? Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> you certainly sound it. <laughs> oh, yeah, down. by the way, did I get it right when I called Baby Bowser, or Bowser Jr., that they ended up putting in a one of the Koopa Kids? Well, do you want to know? <laughs> do you want to be spoiled? Well, that's a, you know what? <laughs> no, I don't want to be spoiled. I do. Forget I asked. Let him turn off his headphones. I want to hear. No, I don't think. Well, I'm just being recorded. I feel like now you're just saying there is one. Who's Bowser one, one. Jr.? I'm, I'm, I don't. I don't know that character. He's a. He was introduced in Mario Kart uh, as <laughs> one of the most. Advanced drivers in the Mushroom Kingdom. Oh, I think you're thinking of Baby Daisy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Adrian, what have you been playing? Kirby Mass Attack, Terror Enigma, and yesterday was playing uh, Castlevania. All That's right. It. How is Mass yeah. Attack going? I had to send the game back because uh, I had a defective <laughs> cartridge that wouldn't let me save past the first world, so that sucked. <laughs> seems like something that would turn me off of a game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wanted to beat the game, but it wouldn't freaking save. I guess you're not supposed to beat it in one session. So one thing I never understood, like, is it a is it a platformer? No. It's like an RTS? What What is it? Uh, it's an action game. It's not an RTS, I can tell you that. But um, the main mechanic in that game is flicking 
So a lot of it is just tossing Kirby's at the enemies and having them kind of be like ants and tear off the legs of other bigger bugs. So it's like Pikmin. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Now, Elise, in this next segment, we're going to talk about how bosses worked as cohesive holes. So, like, for each boss, we're going to talk about individual attacks and how fights progress and how the whole thing comes together as a statement of some... theme. But, before we get started, uh, I can't remember what your special move is. No, sorry, I didn't really catch that. Could you speak up? Uh, I'm sorry? Alright, alright, chill out. For this time on Azure Striker Gunvolt, I wanted to spend some time getting to know each boss individually, because the bosses in this game are quite rich. So, WarioFan63, which boss did you want to talk about? I am choosing um, one of the earlier bosses, uh, Merrick. Okay. Before I ask this next question, just for some background, each boss has three health bars, and once you deplete a health bar, they get a, a, some invincibility time, and then what they do changes up. So, Wario fan, for Merrick, how did his attacks change with each health bar? He he pulled out the punches quite literally. Uh <laughs> He he would do the the wormhole thing, and then he'd use these super big punches, and and those are just uh, incredibly hard to avoid for me. I, I wasn't sure if you could avoid them because they took up like the entire screen, just about. What is the wormhole thing? Oh, it's uh, it, it's kind of a thing in the stage where uh, Gunvolt would like the just doing his own thing, and then suddenly be sucked in through a wormhole and then do a little mini-level, and then wormhole back out to where he was before. And then the boss kind of does that with his attacks by opening up wormholes within the stage and just shooting bullets in there and opening up wormholes, and it's like three different wormholes. And instead of just pointing down at Gunvolt, he just aims straight at the wormhole in front of him and makes other wormholes do his thing for him. He's playing with portals. Yeah. <laughs> So in the first health bar, how does he use those portals? Uh, just some basic, uh, simple, easy-to-dodge missiles and, uh, and a, a slightly easy-to-dodge arm grab, which is, which is kind of a small, so not quite as threatening as what he does later. Uh, after you, you get rid of one health bar, then he gives you this big arm grab, this big giant arm. It's like, oh no, how am I going to beat this one? So once you get to the second health bar, he starts taking up more of the screen with his attacks. Right, yeah. So would you say that the giant fist was the hardest attack for your boss? Absolutely. Okay. I thought it was even easier than his uh you know, his ultimate attack actually. Even harder. The lazy laser. Yeah. Wait, the giant fist? Yeah. That's not that hard to dodge, you just run away. Well I did run away and it would just it just it just it it pounded me. You get behind. You can get behind it. What do you mean you can get behind it? It's on the edge of the screen. Mm. So, 
when you see it from one edge to the other. It there's there's a little bit of space. Uh, it's in front of Marak, so you just go under Marak. I don't believe you. <laughs> Usually, I would find the hard part of that tech being that he can use his fist twice. So if you dodge it by going to one edge of the screen, you have to move your shit along pretty quickly to get to the other side before that other fist comes out pretty quick. Because that second one, yeah, there's there's not as much a wind up on the second one that there is for the first one. That is an interesting point about that attack that um it has that back and forth rhythm that pushes you to the left and right edges of the screen uh that you do not see in his other attacks. Yeah. Uh, I, right. I think uh what my problem might have been is that I assumed I couldn't tell if if when he was doing that if he was going to use the the giant fist or the the smaller fist. I wasn't sure if he gave that up uh, after the first bar or not. I think he mixes them together, but I don't know how, so I just dodge them the same way. I don't, uh, uh, like, well, you can dodge the smaller one by jumping, but I never do that because I don't want to risk it. Yeah. Doesn't he use each one two times in a row? Yes, yep. anyway. that is true. So you know what the second one will be, but I don't know if there's a way to predict the first one. Just stand away from him at all times. Yeah. Yeah, it's generally a good rule. The man is trying to kill you. So Wario fan, what was the what was the special attack for your boss? Oh, that was the lazy laser. <laughs> and how did that work? He'd he'd uh, he'd open up multiple wormholes at the same time and just like progressively just keep covering up the screen with lasers. I kind of had an easier time dodging this one actually. So the the gist of it is that he. Just to make sure I understand what you're saying, that like he gradually zones out portions of the screen so that you, like you're confined to a single space. Yes, it's it's like quicks. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, why did you think it was easier to dodge? I, I felt like it was telegraphed more. I don't know. Like, I guess also because the, it was more vertical usually. They're either yes. verticals or diagonals, and that giant fist takes up all the horizontal space, and that's, you know, where the ground is. That's where I need to stand on. Whereas the lasers, I can just, you know, move around them. You can't jump above the giant fist, so you have to run, and the fact that it covers so much of the screen means you have to run quite a ways. And so while you can't jump over a vertical laser, it's also thin enough that you can walk away pretty easily. Right. Okay. Was it ever hard to get a tag on Merrick? I, I didn't think so. Wario fan, what theme held your boss's attacks together? The wormholes. I mean, he was generally a very stationary kind of guy, so he just he just used the wormholes to attack from his little corner there. and So, so I mean, Mer- Merrick himself was just not hard to dodge. He just relied on his attacks, which kind of goes along with his you know, sort of deal that he didn't really want to be there at all. His attacks fit his personality. Pretty lazy. And that sounds like it made his attacks hard to follow because he could just pop up stuff wherever he wanted on the screen. Yeah. I mean early on it wasn't so bad, but then you know he's he's blending five attacks at once and or or, or stringing them together and it's just a mess and <laughs> <laughs> messy laser. Yeah. Okay. I feel warmer, having heard that. So, Shouty, 
What boss would you like to talk about? I want to talk about Elise. Okay, I can allow this. Um, <laughs> so, Shouty, how did your boss's attack patterns change with each health bar? Well, first, they do a basic attack uh, where they throw kunais and little snake robots at you. Uh, but as you deplete their health, I think they start moving around the poles more intricately. Like, uh, I think the more assertive twin will um, scold the more submissive one, and then she'll apologize. And one of them will th- start throwing kunais in a in a fan-like pattern, and then they'll start jumping over each other across this across the room. And by the time you get to the third uh, part, they do this. Okay, I'm gonna answer the next question of which was the most difficult attack pattern. And um, this the attack they do when they're on their last form of health. Uh, it's impossible for me to dodge, because it seems to be this completely def- uh, hard-to-avoid beam attack that's, that just holds you in place. Man. Oh, yeah, does anyone know how to dodge that? Uh, I was going to ask you how to dodge oh, it. I know how to dodge it. I, no. I did not find that attack hard to dodge, because I read the do you manual. you just go behind them? You just look away from the one looking at you. Uh, boy, oh. that's so intuitive. Don't they overlap is... at some point, or is that only when you... No, 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 no. no you they don't. just hold still. You just hold still. If one's on your left looking at you, you just look to your right. If one's on your right and it's looking at you, you just look to your left, and that's all you do. You just hold still, move but left, then they start left. moving up and down. Yeah, but it doesn't matter because there's only going to be to be one at the bottom oh, at a time. Okay. So you just have can't... to keep looking away. Yep. Uh, what do you mean you write the manual? Boy, now I can get it, back to that. <laughs> it tells you in the manual that there are only two status effects in the entire game. One is being turned into stone, and another is like where you lose your, where you it immediately sends you into overheat. Oh. And this boss is the one that has the stone. And it tells you in the manual to look away to avoid it. I think it does. Yeah. Oh man. All I know is that, um, unlike the other one, you can't just it's so shake. specific, though. Why would they listen in the manual? <laughs> yeah, it uh, that attack did get me the first time, though, where it's like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? And then I'm like, wait, stone. And then I'm thinking, you know, like, Gorgons, Medusas, you don't look at them directly no, I, in the eyes. And then I do that, and it's like, oh, wait, I, this this works. I couldn't even tell it was, it was stone, though. The graphics weren't not good enough to convey that. Well, he turns gray. Want the sound. And... When you... So what's a what's a gameplay cue that that's what you're supposed to do? Uh, I guess the eye. Yeah, it does come from their eyes, and you can see it in that cone-like vision or that cone-like. When it catches you, there's that eye symbol that appears over you. Yes, I guess that's, that's the best thing there is. Yeah, but of course, you know that eye symbol. That means you're probably gonna fall for that the first time, which. I did. Uh, well, I think you're probably going to fall for it a lot of times. <laughs> there are well, a lot of threads on Game Facts about how you dodged that attack. Wow, man. I did not have that much. I thought she was one of the easier bosses. Yeah, she was still pretty easy despite that. <clears throat> I thought she was the hardest. Oh, my God. <laughs> or, or at like, least her, her second form. <laughs> I, I've spent time playing the later ones, not the original fights. So, Shouty, what was the uh, special attack for Elise? Interesting that you say that, because you can defeat her without um, invoking that attack. 
but um, when I first played the boss, I, I was confused as to what her phase attack would be. So I um I, I accidentally killed one of the twins first, and uh, and um, it turns out that their phase attack is resurrecting the other one, so you have to defeat them pretty much at the same time. You have to get that double. Yeah. I actually did that by accident on my first fight, and then ended up finishing it thinking, what the hell was the special attack of that boss? Yeah, <laughs> I, I wanted to see what the special attack was before I defeated it, though, so I was just screwing around. Was it ever hard to get a tag on Elise? I think uh, because there were two of them, you had to defeat them at the same time. I think it was made too easy to get a tag on them, on each of them. Like, it was easy to get a tag on one of them in the first place, but since it was easy enough to get a tag on one of them, getting a tag on both of them was still pretty lenient, for me at least. Again, I thought that that was one of the hardest bosses tag-wise, because... Oh. If you, for the other bosses, I held the attack button the entire time, just so that I was always doing shooting damage and also refreshing my tag. But with Elise, you can't do that unless you want to get into a state where you have to really carefully manage her health at the end. She's one where you want to get your tags and then shoot, or at least that's how I played. I only shot enough to get tags. You also have to balance tags and which is not something you have to do anywhere else. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> or in other oh. boss fights. Yeah, that's what I found. Because I fought the bosses indiscriminately, I just attacked each other, one was there. Uh, their health was uneven, so I couldn't just tag one, tag the other, not ta- not shoot out that third tag, that way I could do e- equal damage. But because I didn't do that, uh, trying to kill, take them out both at the same time, once they were at low health, was actually... The more challenging part. That and Gunvolt's flash field uh, made it so that I didn't even re- see those damn snakes coming out from Elise's personalities, and they would act and they would just walk right into me. It's like, what? What the hell hit me? Well, wait. It's like, the flash field kills those snakes. Some, it, not when you're jumping, and then you land right on them. Oh. Like some of them managed to get through. Oh. I think so. I think you're safe as long as you're flash fielding. I think what Adrian is describing is that there would not be enough time for the flash field to damage the snake before he hit it. Yeah. I think they're one-hit kills, though. No, those guys managed to hit me. It was either that or the kunais that was hitting me. Well, the kunais definitely can't get through flash field. I don't think the snakes can either, but it's possible I'm wrong about the snakes. One thing that made... Elise, much easier on my first playthrough, was um, I was using this gun with eight tags, so I could just go all out, do a three tag on both of them, and then I was guaranteed a balanced tag. Uh, But with any of the other guns, you have to make sure you don't tag one side too much, because then you can't balance to the other side. Oh, yeah. So I guess you have to know what you're doing when you're going in. So what theme held your boss together? I guess balance would be the theme here. How do you mean? Like it's a balancing act between the two, between trying to evenly distribute the damage between the two personalities of Elise. Okay. And I guess you also have to make sure you're checking on a in on both sides of the room to make sure where different attacks are coming from. So that balance is present not only in how you attack but also in how you dodge their attacks. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
That makes sense. Attacks are coming from both sides. Oh, by the way, um, I just finished fighting Elise just now, and I don't know what the hell I was talking about. Yeah, the, those snakes die in one hit, so I don't know what if I was actually being hit or anything. I think so, while we're still talking about Elise, because so many of her attacks are blocked by Flashfield, she's one that you have to be careful about using your meter with because yes. the attacks are a little bit difficult to dodge if you don't have it and you don't get a lot of... You need to plan in advance for when you're going to refresh it. Um, oh, that's what I was probably fucking up on, because that time I would refresh, that was probably the time that the snakes would get me, and then that's when I'm like, oh, crap, there are snakes in this fight, because, you know, I was killing them before I even noticed I killed them. So yeah. that was probably what was going on on my first uh, fight with her. Yeah, one of the, as I said, interesting things about the flash field is that it's, an attack, movement, and defense mechanic. And I think that that's a boss that makes you pay attention to it most as a defense mechanic, or at least significantly that way. That also means that if you miss tag, it's going to be very painful waiting for that tag to expire, because you need to flash to dodge kunai and snakes. Yeah. Um... Well, you don't need to, but... (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, if you accidentally tag one like one more than the other because you start off with at least three tags with the the default gun then you're going to start doing uneven damage like i was doing yeah and it, it can give her more time to get a chance to kill you yeah all right yourself do you have a boss in mind uh yeah i was gonna talk about bug man or whatever <laughs> uh, let's look up the character stratos oh stratos yeah stratos I thought his name was Swarm. Is Swarm nope. the name of the level? Maybe that's his code name. Yeah, alright. I know his sword is Lizard Slayer. <laughs> Why does his yeah. sword have a name? Because we can see that. If not all the swords are identical, what the hell? Doesn't mean they can't have names. Alright, well, the thing, the thing I like about Stratus is that before his capture, he was a handsome, popular young man. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... Are you saying he's not anymore? Well, today no trace of that man remains. <laughs> I think you're lying. Apparently so given handsome that, is a personality trait. <laughs> given that there is no trace of a handsome man left, um, how did your boss's attack patterns change with each health bar that depleted? So, well, he got one new attack after the first health bar goes down, which is um, this attack where... He turns into two spinning discs that go on the left and right side of the screen and shoot bugs through the middle that you have to defend with uh, your flash field. And then his attack where he charges across the screen, which is one of his basic attacks that he has throughout the fight, after you get through the first health bar, an extra swarm of bugs is added to that attack, moving in the opposite direction as him. So you have to dodge that with Flashfield then, which you didn't need to do before. Yeah, I think that's one of the more interesting developments that are in the uh, game for boss fights, because um, most of the time when boss attack patterns change up, it's not like a combination of two elements. It's more like they take the one attack and then put a spin on it. Whereas yeah, it's with, like you're juggling three balls and they throw in a fourth. Yeah, that's what I like about how they change up the charge attack that I can still see the two elements as separate and then 
figure out how they overlap. Yeah. So what was the most difficult attack for your boss? The super attack was probably the most difficult. I don't know. I don't think he had any particularly individually difficult attacks. They were all kind of reasonable to learn compared to some of the other bosses who have attacks that, as we discussed before, are almost impossible to figure out. Yeah. But the super attack is difficult because you don't just have to dodge, you also have to attack him to stop it from happening, and you can't just attack the boss himself. He has these two semi-spheres next to him, and you need to get some tags on that while you're being fired at by the boss, and then do enough damage to that while dodging to stop him from triggering the super attack. Yeah, and that took me a while to... Or not a while, but it took me two attempts to figure out that uh, the whole point of that attack is to not let it happen because it is an instant kill that you cannot dodge. Yeah, I like that there's that setup for it. And a lot of the super attacks have those multiple phases, Mm -hmm. uh, but I think that that one is good because you're not just standing there dodging one thing and then suddenly have to dodge another. You have to be active in preventing it from happening. Yeah. That's interesting that um that attack sort of breaks an unspoken rule that it can't be dodged, it must be prevented. And uh Elise had that attack that broke another rule that like it's the only attack in the game that can stone you. So I wonder if uh I wonder if each boss has an attack that breaks some rule or, you know, introduces some kind of significant wrinkle in the boss design. Yes. Uh, there, are, there is a way for the lazy laser to become impossible to avoid if you do not move in the right way. I've had that happen to me twice, where two of the lasers went off, they covered their side of the screen, I'm all the way back to the corner, I'm like, shit, there's no space for me to go, and then it hits me. Um, the, what's his, oh, I forgot his name, the green boss, I'm just gonna call him that, has that five light beam attack that just goes all over the damn place, and you pretty much just have to get behind him before he does that because he you, you can't dodge that attack. That's not dissimilar from Merak, though, where you have to get yeah. behind his wormholes. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. Yeah, but um, it, it's that attack. It's it's attack that you can't dodge that you just have to like get the not ahead of time. Oh, the way you yeah. dodge it is... You preemptively dodge it. Yeah, and a lot of times there are things that uh I don't know beforehand, so it's like, oh, shit, it's one of those kind of attacks, and then I learn, and you, you kind of have to trial. You're not going to know that ahead of time, obviously, but once you fall for it the first time, then you'll get it. And this Parasite dude is, is I think we all realized what was that sort of unspoken rule that he kind of went against, and same with uh, Elise. The only two bosses left are uh, Carrera and mine. Slash Beast has a pretty crazy uh, super attack. I don't know if anyone was going to talk about him. That is, but, I believe that's Adrian's. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and that is that he has... So, uh, uh, I'll get to it. So, um, <laughs> that was the super attack for Stratus. Swarm Man, Bug, yeah. Bug. Uh, was it ever hard person. to get a tag on Bugman? So Bugman goes off the screen all the time, 
and yeah. that always clears your tag. Mm-hmm. So he's one of the ones where, as I said, the opposite of with Twin Cobra is that you want to be shooting the entire time, and you need to get your tags on him before he comes at you, which is usually not that difficult, but in the instance of the attack where he erupts from the ground and then dashes across the screen at you, uh, it's not all that feasible to get tags on him if you're trying to dodge it. I don't. I I think you can't get tags on him during that phase. Are you I sure? Think you, I'm pretty sure your shots just go through the claws or whatever. Oh, okay. Wait, what's your uh, One where he burrows t- underground. Oh, and then, yeah. like, a catcher's mitt shoots up and swings across yeah. the screen. Yeah, that was another one of those attacks that uh, I had to kind of learn the hard way that, oh, you can't jump over it, so you're supposed to do another one of those, run all the way to one side of the screen, run all the way to the other, and then run away before those last two even come up, because, again, you can't jump over them. So they could, if they do come up on both sides, well, you're already fucked. Well, you can't jump over it, though. It's Yeah, it's tight. Either that's really tight, or I was pretty sure I, I couldn't jump over them. You might need to use flash field to get the jumps, but they are tight. But the other thing he does with tagging is he has an attack where he shoots out two eggs or something, mm-hmm. and like the case with the super move where you have to preemptively destroy one of the spinning discs, with the eggs, if you destroy one of them, uh, that makes it significantly easier to dodge instead of just leaving your tag on him and getting damage. So at the end of the day, what theme would you say held your boss together? I didn't feel like he had a super clear theme to him. I'm not sure. I thought he was a relatively well-balanced boss. Well, we know he's got stuff to do with bugs and then his little catcher mitt armor plates that he uses to chomp on you. He does a lot of stuff that you have to quickly jump over, but that's not a theme. I mean, I know that defense is fundamental in other bosses, but I think here there's nothing. There, there are points where there's nothing else to do but defend. But there's only one attack like that. Mm-hmm. I also Hunter believe two. other bosses have attacks like that. Oh. Yeah, um, it might be difficult to pinpoint a theme here. All right. Adrian, at long last, we have come to you. Do you have a boss in mind? Yes, it's Viper. How did your boss's attack patterns change with each health bar? Okay, on his first health bar, he's pretty simple. He only has two attacks. One is this little slide kick, which is really fast. In fact, you pretty much have to jump over at a time because it's a really fast attack. The other one is where he shoots these three fireballs that you can either flash field or just shoot them with your regular gun to destroy them, but then they leave a sort of explosion that uh, you can't touch. So he will alternate between those two attacks. He doesn't have to use them in order. He can and sometimes will slide kick twice in a row, but that's the first phase. The second phase is where he gets a lot crazier, and that's when he starts jumping on the walls, which... Another thing that makes this boss unique is that there are two fire pillars covering the edges of the screen the whole time. So you can't even touch the edges, the borders. And it's one of the more complicated moves because he has so many ways of mixing you up where he will do his little dive kick up to the wall 
jump off and either shoot down and shoot down at you. From there, he can either jump off the screen and do his little axe kick, which I think is dependent on where you are at the time. So what what is an axe kick? Oh, kick that's like an axe. <laughs> I, I like chopping an axe. It's where you use the heel of your foot to kick someone instead of, you know, thrusting outward. Okay. It's like the opposite of Guile's upward special. Like, yeah. if you play that in reverse, then that's an axe kick. <laughs> yeah, okay. But yeah, so he can do that, and when he does that, it also leaves a little explosion, which you have to avoid. So even just being away from that, uh, you also have to dodge the fireballs that come out of it. And the third thing he can do while jumping around the walls is just do a little kick in the air that shoots three fireballs, which spread. And then he can also sometimes just decide, I don't want to be in the walls anymore, and they just dive kick right down at you. So that's like four different things he can do when he's up there. It, it's it's a real battle of space. Because, I mean, when he's up there, and if you don't tag him before he gets up there, then it's you're going to find it being a real pain to get one on him because of how much he moves around and how those little fireballs he shoots at your flash field will block and just stay there for a while that kind of keep you from wanting to jump. But otherwise, when he's on the ground, it's easy to keep a flash field on him or to tag him and then flash him. Is there any way to predict what he's going to choose for for an attack? It is very subtle. Like with the axe kick, he jumps off the screen. And I think you can manipulate that by being close to him. If he's on, like, the right wall and you're close to the right side of the screen and he jumps and he's about to jump, then he will probably uh, do the axe kick. It's not in a fixed position, though. It's relative to you. I've seen it where he's done it, like, dead center in the screen and others where he's done it far to the right. When he decides he doesn't want to be in the wall anymore and just dive kick straight at you, he's a little lower on the wall than if he was to wall jump in the air. So the height at which he wall jumps is another indicator, or the height which he clings to the wall. The spread shot fire kick, though, I have no idea when he does that because he, he he can do that whenever he wants. But um, he's in the air, and it's a somewhat moderate-moving projectile that you can avoid, so it's not too bad. And sometimes when he does that, he stops wall jumping altogether, so... Yeah, watch out for when he does the slide kick because he will still do that. He still has his attacks from the first phase, so he has a lot of things he can do uh, just on the second bar. Correct me if I'm wrong. In general, he'll do the slide kick if you are within half a screen space of him, and after his first slide kick, after the first health bar, then he will go into jumping back and forth between the walls. Mm-hmm. Okay. What was the special attack for... That man. Viper. Uh, the game calls it Refurgence, but I can clearly hear him yelling Sunshine Nova. <laughs> and that's when his, uh, his tail-like compartment that he has turns into, like, centaur legs. First, he dashes inside the fire pillars. He does that twice. Then he goes into the middle of the screen, and then he does his somewhat unspoken rule, and that is he goes bullet hell on you. The first phase of this bullet hell is probably the hardest one to avoid because if you are anywhere other than directly underneath him, and even then I don't even know if you can dodge him directly underneath because I, it's really tight. 
uh, yeah, he'll hit you. The second one's a bit more avoidable because he does it in these concentrated sprays. First a three-way, and then a V, and then a V. So you just move back and forth between being under him and then being, like, slightly diagonal from him so that the sprays don't get you. And you keep moving because he does move left and right while doing this. So it's a pretty tight dance you got to do there. I'll admit, I have not figured out the spacing on that first phase there. I usually just astrosphere through it. Yeah, uh, I haven't either. I, I'm, I'm assuming that being directly underneath him is the way to do it because, you know, as Gunvolt himself is a big rectangle, so obviously you're not going to do it if you're anywhere other than directly underneath him. That's because where you're going to get those slender rectangles of open space. Yeah. I can do it, and yeah, it is sort of towards the middle. you got to move a little bit left and right, though. Yeah, because of the way he uh, shoots those bullets, it's it's not like he shoots it down and only down. It like alternate. It like wiggles back and forth a little. Those open spaces. So yeah, cause that's how you do it. Spiral rose petal. So Adrian, when it all comes together, what theme held Viper together? Well, he's mainly a melee-based boss and likes to use a lot of fire and explosives. He's also a boss that is. Really just has a lot of um, mix-ups that uh, makes him distinct from all the other bosses. He's kind of like the Magma Dragoon of this game. He escaped in the volcano to what, avoid the regu- irregular hunters or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, while we're on stupid things, did anyone notice the thing on Viper's head is the same thing as the thing in Zonda's crotch? <laughs> It looks similar. I guess he's a real dickhead. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it's hard piecing a theme together from that. But his his, um, his special attack involves a lot of aiming. I mean, a lot of uh, positioning to uh, avoid his attacks. Yeah, a lot of very careful It's a lot of Don Maku. Other than the... um Special attack, I would say, whether it's a theme or not, he's the fastest boss or the one that you have to react to most quickly. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I think both his body and his bullets move pretty quickly, and you can dodge with large sweeping movements. Uh, But then his special attack is very precise, and you want to move very gingerly. I mean, it actually makes for a decent contrast after... Having to jump all over the screen for the entire fight, what do you do to balance it out? But you can't jump all over the place because there's still the fire borders. Yeah, but I feel like you have a lot more room to move in that battle than you do in other ones because he's small and his attacks tend to cover small areas. Mm, Yeah. Okay. That's what keeps him... I don't know, did anyone have a hard time with this boss? I don't think I had a hard time with any of the bosses. Other than his super, I would have said he was the easiest. Okay, yeah, because I'm, I was going to say, um, that's what keeps him from being the most difficult of the bosses, even though he has a lot of mix-ups and a lot of moves that he can do at any time. Okay. Any final thoughts before the next segment? Notice, uh, this versus, uh, X Games, your wall jump is pretty much never a part of any of these fights. Yeah, I actually almost never use my wall jump in the entire game. Yeah, it's a very minimal part. 
You need it for... You don't slide along the wall. You don't slide along walls like you do in X Games. Yeah, that makes it a lot harder to use. Yeah. What I mean is, like, they're not involved in the bosses, like, whatsoever. I'm not sure... How, how many of the bosses actually have walls in the fights? Do That's any of them? Nope. And the only one that has kind of has walls is the Iron one walls. that's made of fire. <laughs> yeah. So wall jumping on fire. isn't part of these bosses at all, unlike the, the X Games. The X Games? I'm sorry, I was just thinking about snowboarding. Yeah, I know. I was hearing that from the first time you said it. <laughs> <laughs> Merrick, I've got yet another question about a shooter that changed names when it changed regions. Gunhead was an early classic for the PC Engine. What was it called when it was released in the U.S.? Ooh, I'm sorry. The answer is Blazing Lasers. Are you saying Mighty Gunvolt is not that good? Mighty Gunvolt's okay. I mean, I can play it. It's not bad, but certainly, you know. I didn't hear very good things about it. It's it's hard for me to to go in expecting it to play like a Mega Man game because it does play a little differently from a Mega Man game, but it also makes you think it's gonna play like a Mega Man game. I guess what part of what throws me off is that the ways it plays differently, like the charge Y moves. I have a real hard time grasping, and I find it just easier to play with a straight buster attack. So, Wario fan, any final words? You know, I don't know if this game plays more like uh, uh, Mega Man X or Mega Man Zero, but, you know, it's, it's pretty rad. I, I would argue that it is distinct, and that the flash field is a uh, refreshing mechanic that brings it away from any worthwhile accusation of similarity to previous games. Yeah, I don't really get that. I, like, I get it's made by the people who made Mega Man Zero games, but uh, it's not that similar. Like, for the most part, wall jumping challenges are nearly to the same extent. It's like it's like just because you have a wall kick and a dash, it's not necessarily Mega Man Zero. Yeah, it's um, the flash field takes over the game to such a great extent and factors into things other than combat. Yeah. Well enough. Oh, that please, Blue Robot with a pea shooter. This is literally Mega Man. <laughs> what was that? A Blue I, Robot with a pea shooter. Oh, a Blue Robot. Okay. Yeah. Well, he is the Azure Striker. Uh, yourself, any final words? No, can I say the thing about androgyny I said before, or are you going to cut that out? I'm probably going to cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I want to hear it. It's weird. Everything in the game is so androgynous. I thought the Zerstriker Jeff or whatever his name is was a girl before I bought the game, and then he wasn't. Um, But you just think he was a girl if you were playing the Japanese version where he he bears his midriff. Yeah, well, then I can't tell whether any of the other characters are male or female, like uh, the boss of Quill, whatever his name is. And then, then they went and straight up had, uh, like an androgynous character. So I thought they were making fun of me. 
Well, it's <clears> actually, he's bi-gender. How do you pronounce that, by the way? Z? 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 Zonda? Zonda? No, he uses a pronoun, like X-E. Oh, they do? I didn't... Transgender pronoun. Either way, the character is a, like, offensive stereotype, and it's one of those things that you're not supposed to do in games, (laughs) because you're enforcing negative cultural perceptions. It's kind of yeah. It, it's double edged because at least I, like uh, there is a transgender person in a you know triple yeah. downloadable. But then again, you're also saying that this is how they express their sexuality. Yeah, I mean yeah, that's they're, the thing. They're like sexual deviants. That's like saying, I'm, oh, it's good that there are women in uh, Final Fight because you can beat them up. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I mean, yes, it is offensive, but also. Now someone can have a transgendered character that corrects what Gunvolt did wrong. Yeah, well, I can't Hang wait on. for the next Integrates game to handle that. Like, but the localization, I have to wonder what they were going for here. I had to, I had to see what the original translations are. Yeah, that's a good point because I was thinking that obviously it's a different subject in Japanese culture than it is here, or at least a different discourse. So I, I think. They're still polite about it. They they use proper pronouns. Yeah. Shouty, any final words? I'm sorry for any comments I may have made about transgender people. Colton's going to cut it out anyway. It doesn't matter. <laughs> he gets so scared when I say things like that. Is there a difference between <laughs> transgender and bi-gender? Okay, see that? You have to cut out. <laughs> now it's getting it. <laughs> Well, I don't think it's offensive to bear your naivety and say, I want to learn about this topic. I don't, yeah, I don't know what my gender means. I've never heard that term, but I'm sure that... Well, that's what they said that's in the that's game. That's an offensive term in itself. Uh, is it? Uh, I don't know why. I don't think any of us know, but I'm not going to trust integrate, or I mean, uh, the gun the localization, localization to use the correct yeah. terms. Uh. This is so Adrian. Do you have any final words that I will not cut out? Um, no, because all I can say, and you're going to cut this out anyways, is that I didn't know that was a stereotype. Yeah, I didn't know just, either. Like, like I, because the thing is, I, maybe it's that I haven't seen many games or things, but normally, the I don't see them, or I've never I. This is the first time I've ever heard the idea that uh, all transgender, bigender, whichever term works, are sexual deviants. I've never heard that ever. Well, it's and even of, then, it's, it's it's one of those things. It's like black people can't swim. It's like I never heard that before, and when I did, I thought it was the stupidest shit ever. Yeah, that's how they're typically presented in our media, though as people defined by sexuality and who are sexually deviant or aggressive or put uh, hetero or cis people in an uncomfortable situation. It's just that uh, transgender people come out of Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. The stereotype. Yeah. Hmm. Well, uh, I, I'm unaware of this stereotype, so it's not impacting my worldview and... But at the same time, it also means I don't find it offensive. 
I don't know. I, it's, it's like you have to know something is a stereotype in order to be bothered by it. Well, that's a very densely packed conversation in and of itself. Yeah, yeah that is. So uh, that's just my comment. That's just my perspective on this. I don't know. Are people making a fuss about it, or is like no, it's just nobody care. I can't imagine anyone cares about an anti creates game, but yeah. no, I just picked up on it and mentioned it to the whole. The hardcore Mega Man crowd and the social justice crowd are so <laughs> entirely different. Honestly, and people, the other thing is people haven't gotten on transgender rights as big as uh, feminism in games just yet. Gamergate 2. Yeah. What I the mean, fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I, I, I don't even really lost this conversation. I don't think now. this is a discussion that we should be having. <laughs> Why, why, why aren't we allowed to have a conversation? All right, when Shaddy calls it, he calls it. Thank you for joining me. Oh, maybe I'll... <laughs> All music in this podcast is from Azure Striker Gunvolt and the boss voice clips were taken from the game as well. I'll leave you with this final thought. When you compare the bosses, how much do they overlap, and how much do they diverge? We discussed the theme of each boss, but is there a theme that runs through all of the bosses collectively? If you have any comments or questions, please email vgcommune at gmail.com. Although, I gotta be honest, I did not realize what the tagging system was until I played this level. <laughs> I, I played the entire intro just thinking I was supposed to just shoot these guys gradually. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, I didn't figure it out until towards the end of the intro stage either. It, it wasn't completely obvious to me that you don't use your little pea shooter, you're just supposed to lock on and then just zap them. Yeah, tag and flash. It's a little bit weird that the tag gun does damage. Or a little bit misleading to a new player, at least. Yeah, both the tag and the flash field do damage, but they do very little versus using tag and flash. While we're on confessions, I did not understand until the second stage that I played that when you tag something, you can damage it from anywhere on the screen. I thought it had to be within that bubble. Oh, so that nope. made the giant, the giant guy on wheels at the end of the first stage kind of impossible. <laughs> <laughs> the radius is not big enough. Yeah. Okay. What if you just shot at him? Well, what I ended up doing was shooting at him, and then once I got frustrated with that, like standing inside of him and taking damage, and it was a damage race. Oh. Yet we all somehow learned how to play the game without an eight-hour tutorial to explain it all to us. Is that supposed to be a jab at Monster Hunter? Uh, it's a jab at video games. Wow. To be fair, I did not understand all of the nuances of the game until I beat the true final boss. So um, I kind of did need that eight-hour tutorial. You're not exactly what I consider an excellent player, either. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would not have known if I had not uh, looked at the uh, how-to-play stuff in Gunvolt's apartment. 
Yeah, I was about to say, um, it feels weird because I'm the only person that did not have a hard time at all learning to tag and flash. In fact, Gunvolt even straight up says that once you reach the elevator. It was just so much more obvious, not obvious, but easy for me to just figure out. Or maybe it's because I'm just the kind of person that likes to try out everything. And if you give me a manual, I will look into it. Like, that's how I knew about the jewels in the first place, because if you go all the way to the bottom... It says jewels, like, oh, there's something really secret about them, and uh, that's how I knew about them. See, when he did that with the elevator, I thought he just meant, like, switches. <laughs> I, I thought it was going to be a common thing to find switches. So nope. I, nope. I just didn't read any of the text in the game on my first playthrough. Oh, jeez. I thought it was really cool font. I'd, okay, I'd, the font is really nice. I actually thought it wasn't at the right resolution, though. You you are on an XL. Oh yeah, that's true. Anyway, um, <laughs> let's talk about the font some more. <laughs> what about the boss dialogue? What's your favorite line of dialogue for each boss? I think it's actually in reaction to one of the bosses that Gunvolt has that I think is the best line of dialogue. To Carrera, where he's like, "I'm sorry, did you just break out a thou?" Yeah, that was... Yeah, that's one of those things where I don't know what the hell this game is. I wanted to break my arm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, like, I don't get it either. Like, maybe... I think the that's the report. only way... I think that was probably the only way they could localize that, because he's probably saying something in Japanese that we have yeah, no way... probably speaking of... in your old samurai style. He probably calls, like, Gunvolt Dono or something... And that's probably is. And the closest thing we have is Old English. 